I don't okay. know why I said cool. I'll just jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Homework Collective. I'm Pat Ward. And I'm Taryn Mao. And today we're going to be talking about time out. Taking a time out in conflict. It's not just for kids. Sometimes even for us grown-ups, it's important for us to take a few minutes to collect ourselves, to calm down, to redirect some energy, especially when we're in a moment of disagreement or conflict. It helps keep things focused and it also helps uh, conflict not to spread into other areas in our relationships or in our home. And so uh, today, that's what we're going to be talking about. Hope you gain some really important and practical insight for your relationships. In order to really start talking about the importance of timeout and conflict, we really have to start by talking about the science of what happens in the body with the central nervous system um, when we notice that we do need a timeout. And so the central nervous system is the system in the body that's responsible for using our senses to respond accordingly to our environment. And so when we're in a conflict, um, this, is, this is where we're really just kind of using these sense, senses to determine whether or not there's a perceived threat or danger. And so this exists of our spinal cord, our brain, and how the two systems kind of work together to, to signal, hey, there's a, there's a threat here. Like, and this doesn't have to be just a, a physical threat. Like our brain actually does not know the difference between being chased down by a bear and some sort of emotional threat. So when we're having an argument with our spouse or our partner, um, the brain doesn't know the difference. We actually right. respond in the same way physiologically when we're in an argument with another person. And yeah. so this and is when just we're in an, control, yeah, yeah. When we're in control of this nervous system. It works with us, right? We can see what's going on. We can make decisions. We can change things. We can be in control of our body. But when we, when we're triggered, when we have our emotions running wild and it feels like there's some kind of threat, then we lose control of this central nervous system. And uh, then we may be in trouble. Yeah. And it's an automatic response. And so it's not even, it might be, I'm picking up on something that's been said, but it might be my body's actually picking up on like these nonverbal cues between me and the other person that signal something's off. Like somebody rolls their eyes. Right. And I, I, yeah. I see that um, it could be like a, a coldness in the room, right. That you're noticing with that person, something feels off in the relationship. And actually our gut has neurons in it that actually can signal like a disturbance in a relationship. So it's not just the brain that has these neurons. It's, a, it's actually the gut too that signals to our bodies like, hey, something's off. That's, that's where that phrase comes of like, I have a gut feeling about yeah. this. Hmm. And so oftentimes I, I'll tell clients like, hey, if you have a gut feeling about it, like the gut is often true. Like follow that gut feeling. That's, that's intuition. Yeah. So our, our body, and I'm sure many of you know this, but we're kind of going to go over the science behind this. Our body goes into uh, our response, a fight, flight, freeze response is, is the typical one. And then there's a fourth category. There's a new category called fawn. So we're going to go in, talk about these, define these a little bit. When there's a perceived danger, these are our typical responses. So fight. Pat, Pat why don't you tell us a little more about fight? Yeah. So the fight, is it stems from the, this unconscious belief that um, we are in a power struggle. And so in order to survive, in order to bring something into this power struggle, um, we are going to, you know, bring, um, whether it's verbal volume or um, emotional 
um, intensity or even aggressiveness into a conversation or into a, a source of conflict. I mean, it's just a uh, internally we kind of click over into this um, this notion that power is going to lead to acceptance, love and the safety that we need. And so that's one response. It usually doesn't bring that. It usually just triggers the other person and brings about a different kind of response in them. But that's definitely one response, the fight response. Yeah, another response would be the flight response, so fleeing from the situation. Um, and in short, it's characterized by this desire to escape or deny the pain that we're feeling or the emotional turmoil, any any sort of distress. And so oftentimes when we can't fight, we, we flee. Yeah. Like it's a situation where I, I often lose in this argument, and so I'm just going to turn away. Yeah. Beyond fight and flight is also freeze. So you may see people... Um, when they feel like they're under threat, they just lock up, they just freeze. So the freeze response is a, a stalling tactic sometimes, but it's also our, our central nervous system kind of pulling things into the center of ourselves. Your brain presses the pause button, um, but it remains hypervigilant, waiting, watching carefully until it can determine whether fleeing or fighting offers a better route to safety. Um, we can learn to do this when um, fighting or when running away isn't an option. It, it isn't always um, working against us. It can actually be the, the most helpful of the three options sometimes if there's no real danger there. Um, but sometimes it, it only prolongs conflict or it draws out other reactions from the other person. Yeah. And, th and then the fourth category is, is fawn. And this is a new, a fairly uh, newly defined term. And we define this by trying to escape harm by learning to please the other person that's threatening you to try to keep them happy. So it's like I'm placating, I'm uh, making promises just to get you to stop, maybe making promises that I don't actually know if I can keep. Um, and so these are learned behaviors. So they're automatic, but I think they become automatic through training in our environment. So I think yeah. oftentimes we can look back to the way that we were raised and those early attachment relationships with mom and dad and think like number one how did I witness them them in an argument like what did they do yeah. and take on yeah. one of those roles or um I mean just continue to carry on my my typical response maybe in an argument with mom or dad with then my spouse or my partner yeah it's important to think back maybe at this point about your childhood like what what were um, the conflict patterns, what were the, the typical responses that you saw? And do you see any of those patterns still within you today? Yeah. So um, that's the science behind it. Obviously, if you're tuning into this episode, you want to know, okay, what is this thing called the timeout? Why do adults need it? Right? Why is it something we don't just uh, teach our children? Um, but timeouts <laughs> are important because um, I mean, number one, I think it's important that we recognize what's my typical response and then stop and ask myself, okay, is it really a good time to try to have this conversation or do I need to be a little more regulated first, right? Mm -hmm. when, when we're fighting, we say things that we really don't mean, if right. that's my response, or, or we're running away and there might even be a pattern in your relationship. There's likely a pattern in your relationship where one of you... Um, really wants to work out, find some resolution, right? I have to be, I feel like I have to do this right now. That might be someone who has more of a fight response, right? Yeah. And then there's probably somebody in the relationship who's just like, ah, uh, no, I, I'm shutting down. Physiologically, my body's shutting down. 
And so I actually need the timeout. I need the break in order for us to keep going. And the fighter probably needs the break too. They just don't recognize they need the break as often yeah. as the yeah. other person. And so there's, there's often like a, a really um, unproductive cycle there. So the, the person who's a fighter wants to pursue until things are solved. The person who's a fleer or a freezer wants to go into their kind of default withdrawing position. That makes the person who's, you know, more of the, proactive or aggressive one get louder and louder to draw them out again they go further and further back into the cave and now we've got a real mess on our hands uh, one thing that i always talk to couples about is like the difference between a candle and a wildfire and if we can get to a point where you know with a candle you light a candle and all it takes is like one blow and you can blow a candle out but once things spread into a wildfire the more you blow on it actually the bigger it gets and so we have to try to figure out how do we how do we keep conflict to a candle size how do we get in the best position to blow it out quickly before it, it spreads to a lot of other issues or a lot of other parts of our lives um, and how do we keep it from being a wildfire and a lot of it has to do with time out a lot of it has to do with uh, a lot of married life or a lot of life with really committed relationships has to do with rhythm and so timeout slows that rhythm down. It helps us get on the same page. It slows our internal rhythms down with our central nervous system. And it helps us to break some of these cycles that can, that can cause us a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's a really strong picture. So knowing when to call a timeout is really important. So it's, yeah. to determine that, you can ask yourself a few questions. I mean, do I notice this fight, flight, freeze, fawn response in myself? Can I identify what I do and then notice what it feels like when it happens? Can I stop yeah. and think about this stress response, check in with my body? Do I have an elevated heart rate? Um, do Does my body all of a sudden feel like a, a rush or flood of like warmth? Uh, do I, am I starting to feel numb? Has my brain completely turned off? <laughs> right? Like I <laughs> right. can't even hear what you're saying right now, but I'm having some yeah, yeah. sort of, physical response to this yeah yeah my i get this like twitch in my hands it's weird like and i we don't have a lot of conflict around our house but when we had kids and it was stressful trying to get them to sleep and stuff like that and my wife would always be like hey what's your hand doing why is it twitching like that and it's it was because like that was where all that nervous energy was kind of going i wasn't about to hit anybody or anything i don't think but i you know it was just like it manifested itself that way and so yeah once i became aware of that uh, when I stopped being embarrassed by it, it was actually a signal. Okay, I need to take a deep breath. I need to slow down. I need to refocus. Yeah, for me, I get this like heavy feeling in my chest it, that almost like kind of causes it to feel a little tingly or numb where I'm yeah. like, oh man, it's kind of hard to breathe right now. And, and then oftentimes it's like, I'm not thinking very logically and I'm pretty sure I'm not really listening to what you're saying. I'm pretty sure I need a break. <laughs> right. So then the third question would be, can you see the other person's perspective? And when we, we, we switch into this mode of our stress response, um, we're not thinking logically. Like I was just kind of alluding about myself. Like we're, we're not able to see the, the logical side of the other person's argument. We're only thinking about preserving ourselves and protecting ourselves. Yeah. I think it's really important to, to understand that. So practically, how do we call for a timeout? How do we set our, ourselves up for this? So I think it's important when you and your partner aren't arguing, but if you know that you have a tendency to do that sometimes, I think it's important to establish some kind of word or phrase uh, to signal the need to take a break uh, in a way that works for your relationship. You may say, I need to take a break. I need a timeout. Hey, let's, let's pause this for now. 
Uh, you might even use like the old hand signal of making a T for a timeout, like the basketball referees use. Um, sometimes it may be, you may even need some, something that, that may lighten the moment for a minute, you know, maybe like a pulling on your earlobe or touching your nose or something like that to just say, Hey, we're getting all up in our, all up in our central nervous system here. Like let's, let's try to calm down. And if we can't, then we need to take a break. So sometimes that helps cut a little bit of the tension and deescalate things while it's still a candle. Um, so yeah, having, having some kind of agreed upon signal um, to say that when things are getting uh, intense, uh, is really important. Couples often when I present the whole, it can be a hand signal. It doesn't have to be a word or a phrase type of thing. Often look at each other and shuffle because you know that the number one th- thing they're thinking about was giving each other the bird, the middle finger in that, <laughs> that moment. And it's like, I wouldn't recommend that you do that. I mean, if y'all can do it and laugh about it, maybe that works for your relationship. But I wouldn't yeah, recommend yeah. y'all do that, especially in a highly escalated a moment or situation that's hilarious it's just funny yeah. how often that that comes to people's mind that's just a little side note right so in the same conversation then where you're establishing a word or a phrase or a hand signal it's just important to discuss um what this timeout actually means so to go back to talking about the science of it a little bit between the two of you to say hey when when I signal this timeout, this is my response. This is what my body is doing. This is what I notice in myself internally. And then when we understand that about each other, we kind of get like the, un- those, those um, triggers or those cues. Like we understand what's happening in the other person and we don't get as defensive mm-hmm. or protective. And you can also yep. then determine how long of a break you'd, you'd like to take. So I know this is hard out of context, right, to have this conversation. And that's what we're wanting to do is determine this before you're in the argument, before you're in the moment, right? Um, That can be hard to do, but you can indicate that. And if you need more time, always come back and say, hey, I don't think 15 minutes is long enough of a break for me. I think I need another 20 minutes and then let's come back and have the conversation. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes it may even be longer than that. You know, I tell yeah. couples, you shouldn't go more than like 24, 36 hours if there's something really important to talk about. But when we're talking about just calming down our central nervous system, there may be other factors at play. Sometimes conflict arises when there's a lot of stress. Sometimes it arises when somebody's sick or somebody's depressed, anxious, got other things going on. I mean, there's, you know, life is life is hard sometimes. And so it may we may need to go a little bit slower. We need, may need to use a little bit more wisdom with that. But regardless of how long you need, communicate a plan um, to come back to the conversation that sparked that argument and stick to that plan. Like we do need to come back to it or it may be harder for us to take a timeout next time. The other person won't believe that it's just a timeout. They'll think we're just avoiding it. And again, we go back into that cycle, that wildfire cycle. So I tell couples all the time, one of the most important decisions that you make is to come back and talk about contentious things in a calm way and try to get to a place of, of common understanding and resolution. I, I mentioned this in our, um, our our episode about fair fighting that I call it the Hotel Rwanda effect about like I, I know you've seen Hotel Rwanda. I know it's a brilliant movie. I've never watched it because it's a story. It's a movie about genocide, and I'm never in the mood for that. When I'm in a good mood, I don't want to watch something that's going to really bring down the mood, like a movie about genocide. 
uh, when I'm in a terrible mood, I don't want to watch something like that because I don't want it to make it worse. And so there's really never an, an, a key time for that. And the same thing goes with conflict. It is always awkward to bring it back up. We always are doing some kind of funky algebra, trying to find the right way to talk about it so that it doesn't disrupt things. But it is it is very important and often leads to um, more peace later on if we can just push ourselves to that. Yeah, I think it's also important to note that whoever the person is in the relationship who really wants to resolve that conflict, they're going to need some sort of verbal cue, some yeah. sort of commitment or promise affirmation that what they're feeling matters and that you actually do desire to understand that and come back and have the conversation. Right. So before you take the time out, like right when you make that the signal, you use the phrase or the word, it's really important to affirm the person who wants to finish that argument right then and say, yeah. I care. I care about what you're feeling right now. I just need a timeout. I promise to come back and then maybe, you know, name the time like we said, or, you know, if kid stuff gets in the way, whatever, it's hard to come back to say, hey, this still matters to me. I still want to come back to this. Let's try to plan a time tomorrow or, you know, sometime in the near future. And you might have to do this more than once. And that's something yeah. I don't think we talk about very often. Just just one round of it, if it's a really difficult argument or it's a, it's a perpetual issue in the relationship, we might have to come back to it another time or another yep. time. Yep. So, Very so you can't, you can't call out a timeout for your partner. You, oh, you're man. the only one who can do that for yourself. Oh man, I know there's so many times <laughs> I want to be like, you need a timeout right now. <laughs> this only works. If you notice how you're feeling that you're in your stress response and that you call out the timeout for yourself, it's, it all, also only works if we agree to the timeout and we agree to keep it right. I can't call a timeout and have my spouse or my partner say, well, that's crap. I don't want you. I don't want you to have a timeout, right? We have to respect the timeout and, and stick to it. Calling timeout is so important to keep conflict focused and at a minimum. It also helps couples disagree without threatening the relationship. If you found this podcast to be helpful, you may want to share it with your partner so that you'll be on the same page and prepared before you get the next time you have to call a timeout. I think it's also important to recognize that sometimes there's conflict patterns that can be worked through by just learning some tips and trying some new things. Then sometimes there's abusive patterns, and um, those go well beyond the scope of what we're talking about today. So um, abusive pa uh, conflict patterns and bad habits can be sorted out by trying timeouts, um, you know, trying to get on the same page about your rhythm. Abuse takes more work. It takes more deep work, and uh, not understanding that can create some dangerous situations. So if you, in evaluating this, realize that you're in an abusive situation, reach out for help. Reach out for a professional who can help if you're if your spouse or a partner sees that it's it's crossing several lines and is willing to get help too, that's wonderful. But even if they're not, reach out and get the kind of help that you need. Also, if you don't know whether or not you're in an abusive relationship and you want to talk to a professional about that, I think that that would be really key and really important. So go ahead and contact a professional, even if you're unsure. It might be the case that that it's not, but if you have that like that gut feeling, like I was talking about, that maybe it's crossing the line, I think it's important to pay attention to that. Um, for conflict patterns, another good resource is uh, the Five Minute Relationship Repair Workbook 
got some simple and practical advice that you may find to be useful, just like the information on this show. We really appreciate you listening. And to connect with us more, you can follow us on Facebook or patwardcounseling.com or taryncooper.com, Taryn with a Y. Thanks for tuning in.